Hello again. We are back for the third installment of the One Pod to Rule Them All. I'm here with Jacob Brown as usual. My name is CJ Yuri. Uh, Jacob, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I just came off a uh, couldn't complete the whole thing because it's a pretty long extended edition. I've never watched the extended edition Lord of the Rings trilogy. I tried starting it with Fellowship. Got other things to do in the day. I watched the first hour and a half. We were just talking about it, and I was just saying, how did they cut the stuff out that was in here? It was really good stuff. So it was fun to watch those or the first half of that movie. And I'm going to watch the entire extended trilogy for the first time as the weeks go on. So uh, that was my weekend. But uh, how are you doing, CJ? Pretty good. Pretty good. I had a good weekend myself. Um, I am one of those people that cannot watch the Lord of the Rings or Hobbit movies without watching them extended because there's the just Hobbit's so many- extended too. Yeah, no, there's all the all the Hobbit movies have an extended edition, uh, like each movie does. And um, wow. there's some really good, especially in the first uh, the first Hobbit movie, An Unexpected Journey, there's a ton of really good uh, scenes in, in Rivendell that you don't get to see. Cool. Um, some stuff like Elrond talking to G- Gandalf about how Thorin's family has like a sickness on them. Um, it, it's it's good stuff. And some it's a couple of weird scenes too. But um, <laughs> it should be on HBO Max. I mean, that. There's yeah, it's a little there. it's it's a little weird. Like the Lord of the Rings stuff is on HBO Max, but the Hobbit stuff isn't. But like you said in the last episode, if maybe one day if we can get that, you know, that sort of Lord of the Rings hub where everything lives on one platform, uh, just like they do for Disney Plus with the Star Wars and Marvel stuff, would be uh, I think beneficial for everybody. And especially, you know, I mean, look, Lord of the Rings has an insane uh, audience as is. Like it's it's a it's an international fandom, absolutely, and it's probably in terms of high fantasy the number one high fantasy ever uh especially written so i think that this would only boost your audience with having everything in one spot yeah dude and, and like you know th- that statement you just said that it's you know the number one high fantasy some people would have a mega problem with that and it, it's like it's just true like i'm a mega star wars fan mega marvel they all take inspiration from lord of the ring like that's where it started and that was the biggest thing. So at like whenever people are like, oh, no, it's it's Star Wars. They're bigger. It's a bigger you know, fandom. And it's like Lord of the Rings has been around for way longer and it's way bigger. And Star Wars, like the parallels between the stories, it's, it's basically the same thing. So like if you watch the original Star Wars trilogy, Luke's very similar to Frodo. Like it's all inspirational. It comes from Lord of the Rings. So whenever people say that, it's like, no, Lord of the Rings, is the OG, that's it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, the thing is, is I wouldn't even consider Star Wars and Marvel like high fantasy. I, I would, I would almost just like straight up say that that's just sci-fi. Okay. Like yeah. sci-fi fiction, right? You know what I mean? Um, I would say like Game of Thrones would be considered high fantasy. Um, but I mean, Marvel I'm does wrong. have comic books that it takes the stories from. So I guess you could. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, that's the that's our little intro for for this podcast today. Uh, so today we're going to start off with a little bit of um, on this day in Lord of the Rings. Um, there's an account on Twitter. It's literally called on this day in LOTR. I've, I like it a lot. You get to see, you know, there's something like Tolkien wrote something for every day, man. Like every single day, there's an update on that page. Like I, I find it to be cool. It's almost like there's another world out there that, you know, stuff's happening, like literally real time. It, it's it's cool to think about. So today he had, uh, or he or she, uh, on this day in Lord of the Rings, Faramir refuses the ring. Uh, Faramir is for sure one of my favorite characters in the Middle-earth legendarium. Um, probably, you know, top five favorite character from the Lord of the Rings books for sure. Um, I think there there is a, um, there, there is a, uh, 
a quote from from um uh mary or sorry pippin and he says um here was one with the with an air of high nobility such as aragorn at times revealed less high perhaps yet also less incalculable incalculable and remote one of the kings of men born into a later time but touched with the wisdom and sadness of the eldar eldar being the elves he knew now why baragon spoke his name with love he was a captain that men would follow that he would follow even under the shadow of the black wings so faramir basically what this is kind of saying here is like this is baragon or, or sorry this is pippin you know talking about baragon and, and, and which is a captain within faramir's guard right basically this is just kind of saying like this guy when you when like he's awe-inspiring when he's in front of you um he is he clearly has the blood of numenor in him he reminds um pippin of aragorn and that's no that that is no short uh what should i say that is that is not like a something minuscule to say right like that is that is a big thing to say about somebody mm-hmm. i mean baromir in the books you know he, he he was a captain of men as well he was you know definitely the heir to the the steward throne in Minas Tirith. Uh, he was the older brother of faramir but None of the fellowship ever said that about Baromir. So I, I found that that quote was always really cool. Uh, and a little bit more about Faramir and just, you know, kind of wrap it up a little bit. Uh, he was a captain of the White Tower uh, once his brother passed away. And um, after the War of the Ring, Faramir became the first prince of Athelion and he married Eowyn. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, mm. him, and, him and Eowyn married. Eowyn's the, uh, the blonde lady from, from Rohan. Right, right. She, she rides into war with Mary. Yeah, so Faramir That's and her right. end up marrying. Yep. You see a little bit about their relationship in the extended scenes in The Return of the King. Um, but yeah, so Faramir was born in uh, Third Age 2983. He lived all the way till uh, Fourth Age 82. So he ended up living 120 years. And why is this cool and important? Well, because he had the blood of Numenor running through him. And I find that to be like really cool. Like yeah. lineage, age, like, like, you know, like lifespans and the fact that, you know, like after all these thousands of years, there were still Numenorians that were like of legit Numenorian blood, like still, um, you know, having children and starting families and, you know, their families had elongated life. You know, this was a noble family that he came from. Um, I am sure that he actually shares some sort of, you know, blood with, with, with Aragorn and his ancestors. I think that's really cool. Um, and I always thought that that was something that like Tolkien did such an unbelievable job with, like some of these characters live longer and you, and you read about it, you're like, Oh my God, wait, hold on. Like, if you're the casual, like this guy lived 120 years old, like that's kind of crazy. That's not the average lifespan of a man. Let me go read about this. And, you know, you could trace his lineage, like all the way back to, you know, Numenor and his family and his, his father, uh, Denethor, who was, you know, gone mad by the end of the, the third or by the third movie. Right. You know, there was a ton of lines in the books and everything about Faramir's dad, about how, like, he was a daunting person to be in front of. Like, only a few people in Middle-earth could be in the same room as Denethor without Denethor being able to, like, you know, persuade them or take over their mind because he was this mighty man that definitely was a descendant of, of Numenor. Super cool. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just wanted, I guess, give a little shout-out to Faramir to start the show because I think it's a cool thing. Like, he refuses the ring, something that his brother couldn't do, which led to his brother's death. And he was able to, you know, he was a huge player in the fact that Frodo and Sam were able to get to Mordor. Yeah, like to me, he's one of the most compelling characters for that reason, that he didn't take the ring and wear it. And and 
the decisions that he made, like that he immediately kind of realized what the right thing to do was. Uh, that's like so compelling to me. And so I always love that character as well. Uh, but while I was thinking about that, who is your actual favorite character? Because you said Fermier is one of them, top five, but who is your favorite? Hmm. Well, that's a, that's a really good question. I would, I would say that my favorite characters, it's going to sound super mainstream, but Aragorn probably. Um, I'm reading the books more now and his lines in the book and like how like inspirational he is. But at the same time, he's sad. Like the elves are leaving. Like he grew up with the elves because his father passed away at a very young age. Um, er, you know, Elrond raised him as his, like a, like, you know, like a third son. And, you know, a lot of Aragorn's adventures and journeys with Elrond's twin sons are like super cool to read about. Um, and they shaped him into the guy, you, you know, the man that he was. And the fact that his whole life, he was hunted by Sauron because, you know, Sauron didn't want like an actual Numenorean to take over the throne because like that would spell trouble for him. And I don't know. I think that that character is really interesting. I'd say on screen, I mean, I'd prop like on screen Legolas, you know, would be right up there, but in the books, he's just a little different. Like he doesn't say as much in the books. Um, I mean, he's this super elf on screen, right? I mean, he can't yeah, do something I mean... he can't do. But, you know, in the books, I mean, he's kind of portrayed in that way too. Like he's shooting yeah. down everything. He's having a, a kill count game in the books and in the movies with Gimli. Like how many orcs can we kill? Like that's, it's cool. You know what I mean? So like those guys would be up there. And I'd say a little dark horse character for me, for, for my favorite is Eomer, which is um, uh, the nephew of Thaden, kind of Thaden's adopted son. Um, okay. He, in the movies, he's, He's great. Uh, Carl Urban plays a fantastic AMA. Oh, right. Okay. Now I remember. Yeah. In the books, he's awesome. Like in the books, he's really cool. Like he straight up like argues with Gimli over like who's the most beautiful elf in the land. And it's hilarious. (laughs) Like it's classic. Like straight up Gimli told him in the books, like if you don't think Galadriel is the prettiest being in Middle Earth, I'll have to kill you. Like that's what he says in the book. (laughs) And Amir, like they. they, they As a a dwarf saying that. Yeah, they they go to Aragorn's wedding with Arwen and um, Aemir basically goes up to him and says, respectfully, I think Arwen's the most beautiful woman like in the land, you know, beautiful elf in the land. And Gimli says, with that, I can, you know, I'll give you a pass on that one because they both, they're basically both just raiding chicks. Like it's, it's, it's funny. Like it's cool. But they're also like these badass warriors that kill like (laughs) tons, hundreds of orcs throughout their lifetime and they're captains. Yeah. So I mean, that's a few of them. And then, of course, like Samwise Gamgee would be up there. But I guess I just named a couple characters. But I'd say Aragorn's my favorite. But to wrap up the Faramir talk, something that I always found to be really interesting is him and his brother had that dream of, of Rivendell before Bar- Baromir made the, the journey to, to Rivendell for the uh, White Council, like that, the Council of the Ring, right, mm-hmm. where, where they decided the fate of the ring. Would it be destroyed? Would it be used? Ultimately, it was decided to be used. Baromir wanted to use it. Obviously, that was never going to fly. I mean, you have Gandalf, who's a demigod right in front of you. Elrond, who literally lived through the the forging of the ring. Like, they were, you know, there's no way that those guys were going to sit there and say, like, yeah, we're going to use it. There's like, no, it needs to be destroyed. Uh, Faramir was actually supposed to be the one to, to go to Rivendell. And Elrond expected Faramir. Um, I think Elrond had, Elrond and Gandalf had some sort of intel that Faramir was probably the wiser of the two and the more trustworthy. Um, Gandalf would spend, spent, uh, you know, a couple years in Minas Tirith when Faramir and Baromir were growing up. 
So they actually knew Gandalf. Uh, this guy Gandalf is everywhere, by the way. I mean, like he's well, like, yeah. Wh- wh- where was this guy not in he's the a history G, of Middle Earth? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like he like helped raise Faramir. That's super cool. Um, so I think Gandalf uh, and Elrond preferred Faramir to come. Faramir told his father, um, like, send me in Baramir's stead and his father, which they have a toxic relationship. His father hated Faramir because uh, when Faramir was born, um, then Thor's wife, Faramir's mom, passed away. Uh, Faramir said, absolutely not. I would never send you on an errand like this. We need the ring to come back to um to, to Minas Tirith, and I don't trust you to do that. Basically, Denethor admitting the fact that Faramir is probably the wiser of the two. So that's a little, there's a little fun fact there for Faramir. Um, cool stuff. He ends up marrying Eowyn, dies at the age of 120 years old. Really neat. Um, but yeah, uh, Jacob, what are you, what's, who's your favorite character from the movies, by the way, before we move on? From the movies themselves, I would say for the, like- For the movies, the books, like whatever. Yeah, I would say like, you know, I, I think Gandalf's the coolest because whenever he's there, it's like always, it's like, oh, you know, shit's about to go down when, whenever Gandalf shows up in the movies and he's the wisest, he knows the most. So I always like characters in any franchise, like, you know, Yoda, um, you know, characters like that, that just know everything. So I, but, you know, I like that about him, but Aragorn's probably my favorite, just like, like, I, I didn't know your favorite character before this, but mine is Aragorn too. I think, you know, I know him more from the movies. I never read the books. So just from a movie standpoint, he was just the most heroic. Um, yeah, I like Aragorn the most, but like the coolest character to me is definitely Gandalf. Yeah, look, I, I think I think Gandalf's character, like there's a video that you should watch, by the way, from from the Nerd of the Rings. It's called The Complete Travels of Gandalf. And uh, really cool. Like he, take, he takes you from Third Age uh, 1000 all the way to literally the end of oh, that's uh, Gandalf cool. in Middle-earth. It's really, it's really neat. Um, I think that'll give you an even deeper appreciation. And, you know, another cool thing about Aragorn, uh, I keep saying this is the last thing before we move on, but um, Aragorn actually, and this is another reason why I think Aragorn is my favorite character. That dude was doing a ton of stuff even before that Council of the Ring. Uh, He had actually captured Gollum and he brought Gollum. He was hunting Gollum with Gandalf and Gandalf ended up having to leave the hunt because of some sort of news that he had to go handle. And Aragorn finally tracked Gollum all the way to the Dead Marshes in front of Mordor, basically, which is very dangerous to be there, and brought Gollum on foot all the way to Thranduil and the Woodland <laughs> Realm, like Legolas yeah. and Thranduil. And he brought them all, he brought Gollum all the way there, which was in, I think, Aragorn's mind, like as far away from Middle Earth to the tr- most trustworthy people as far away from Middle Earth as possible. Right. Um, and so. Gollum was actually entrusted to Thranduil and Legolas, and they ended up, Gollum ended up escaping. So is that something, I don't know if you've read the Fellowship of the Ring yet, but at the Council of the Ring, Aragorn literally says at the Council of the Ring, he goes, and, but Gollum currently is in, you know, in prison with the, the wood elves in, in the woodland realm, and Legolas goes, uh, about that, <laughs> Gollum escaped. <laughs> so like, that's something for you to read because there's more to it. But no, hey, I, I have to read the books. I really do. Yeah, like like Aragorn like literally ventured into Moria, like like Casa Doom, like randomly on his own in the Third Age to go and like go check it out, get it get his bearings over there, and, and like go through. And he actually made it out like alive. Like he like he traveled from one end to the other and made it out alive, which is crazy. But anyway, Aragorn badass. He's my favorite character. Yours is Gandalf. That's not a bad one. Um. Anyway, we are moving on here to a quick little segment about um, 
the dwarf realms in the second age that we should see in the show. I'll be pissed if we don't see all of them because there's like the Hobbit showed the Erebor, but like, like we got like what, like three minutes of like it populated and like, like actually like, like a city. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, like you, you got to see it ransacked, and then you saw it like basically dead from from the dragon, and then you saw it get you know basically assailed by orcs, and then after that, you know, the movie's kind of over. Um, it's gonna be really cool to see these realms of of you know like the second age. It's still like all these like these races that like the dwarves and the elves like fantasy type right races are you know they're still very much a part of middle earth and they're actually bigger players in middle earth like actual core middle earth the continent than men are like men like like no numenor it's part of middle earth but it's an island right like what's yeah. going on in middle earth is literally everything runs through the elves and the dwarves so you're going to get to see all that so thought it'd be cool today to kind of go into some of these dwarf kingdoms um Anyway, Jacob, what did you think of Erebor? I know you like those Hobbit movies, but what did you think of it? I thought Peter Jackson did a really good job of like, like, wow, that place looks crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I always thought it was cool. You, that, that's the location where the Smaug like destroys it, right? Yeah, the Lonely Mountain, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought it looked great. I mean, the, the whole thing was great. And you're right. I mean, to see it fully populated and functioning and maybe it's bigger um, than it was in the, in the Hobbit movie. So be really cool to see. Well, just uh, don't, hopefully I'm not putting a damper on your day, but Erebor wasn't a thing in the second age. Like that was populated. Like they, they built Erebor in the third age. So okay, like, okay, not a kingdom there yet. But anyway, in the second age, what we should see is uh, obviously we'll see Khazad-dûm, Moria, which we already saw in the trailer. Um, we're, we're clearly going to go there. That should be a huge set um, and setting in the show. I mean, there should be tons of stuff going on there. I mean, Elrond goes there. Uh, Galadriel probably will pass through a couple of times to, you know, it's, it's got that strategic point on the map where you can literally pass under the Misty Mountains and, and transport armies, goods, and whatnot, like right underward. It, it, you know, literally cuts your trip. Like instead of going around it, like literally in half, right? Um, uh, what's it called? Gandalf says it's like a three-day, four-day walk all the way across the kingdom to the other gate, which is insane. Uh, so we'll get to see that, which is going to be really cool. Um, and then I really hope that we get to see this. I mean, Nagarod Nog and Belgost were uh, these dwarf kingdoms in the second age, or, or sorry, the first age. Um, they were located in the Blue Mountains. Nagarod was the home of the Firebeards, and Belgost was the home of the Broadbeams. Nagarod was completely destroyed in the War of Wrath, uh, like basically sunk into the ocean because of like, you know, like the, the gods just sunk this, like this part of the map in the ocean after the War of Wrath because Morgoth basically just laid waste to it. And you know, whether this is right or wrong, I mean, it's kind of sucks that the dwarves basically lost, you know, a key kingdom of theirs, but is what it is, right? So Belagost actually, like a portion of it, like half of it stayed afloat, like like in the in the mountains um, and survived into the second age and the third age, believe it or not. Um, and uh, so anyway, the firebeards and the broad beams from those two kingdoms ended up leaving and repopulating or basically adding to the population of Khazadum in the second age. So I feel like that's an event that we should see them migrating to go link up with their cousins over in, in Khazadum. I think that that'd be really cool. I mean, we get to see the first age, right? Like in the first two episodes, we should see those kingdoms getting like absolutely destroyed. <laughs> um, and then, you know, those dwarves literally like having to exile themselves and go, you know, link up with the dwarves of Khazad Doom, who really played zero part in in the first stage like they were like legit untouched like for the entirety of the first stage which was good for them i mean they made a ton of technological advancements 
they built their city without being assailed by dwarves or, or orcs like you know so those dwarves ended up leaving Nagrod and Belgos to go and um and populate in Casa Doom um and then you stop me by the way if you have any questions oh no 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 keep, keep going I'm following okay so then the other kingdom that we should see is Mount Gundabad, which is the birthplace of the dwarves. They actually awoke there um, in Ooh. the years of the trees or whatever, uh, which stood in the northernmost section of the Missy Mountains. You can check that out on the map. Uh, close to the western extremity of the Grey Mountains, it was a stronghold of dwarves and, unfortunately, later orcs. According to the dwarves, during the Deathless, oldest father of the dwarves awoke in Mount Gundabad sometime after the awakening of the elves. Mount Gundabad remained sacred to the dwarves ever after. In the middle of the second age so the, the middle like you know 1600 years in like like this was still like a populated like a big city like a like a like a religious city for the dwarves right uh in the middle of the second age the orcs uh servants of sauron invaded gundabad the site would not be cleansed of orcs until very late in the second age possibly around or after the fall of sauron and the loss of the one ring so there are just so many things going on in the second age. Like the fact that the dwarves get kicked out of that home because they got invaded. And then 1600 years later at the end of the second age, they, they cleanse it and repopulate it. We should see that on TV. Yeah. I mean, you know, all of this to me is brand new and, and this is just world building and they have, they have the opportunity to do this with, with all of this. And, and so that's the coolest part to me is that they can start from not from scratch. Cause it's obviously based on Tolkien, but, you know, new to me and new to a lot of people. So all of this sounds awesome to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I mean, I don't know about you, but, and, I, and I'll ask you this question, like, like, what is your favorite race within, within middle earth? Like, like, I always think you, the basically, cool. if you were going to be counted among one of them and like go to middle earth and live amongst, you know, one of the races, like who to be? Well, I, I was going to say elves are the coolest, but if I, if I had to live as an elf, I don't know. Cause like they have that complicated, mindset you know some of them want to be mortal at the time some of them want to leave um you know so you, you live forever when you're an elf so there's a lot of stuff that's conflicting with like actually being one so i, I would say the coolest one is the elves though yeah i mean i i would say i'd say the coolest one is the elves but in terms of like the culture and whatnot i don't know if i could like live with them like everything's that's so what I'm saying. proper and slow to, right like time is slow to them um yeah I mean, you live forever is like the real draw right uh, what was that? I said I was just saying, like the whole immortal thing, like you can be immortal, like and live in these like gorgeous cities, like that's the whole yeah. Draw. But then, like you know, you have the the conflict of what happened with Aragorn, and and you know, so that happens sometimes too when you have to be well, like, like the I... half elven, like pick, like if you like if you were to like you know fall in love with somebody of humankind, like you would you know have to you know make a choice, like continue right. your immortality or become mortal, like right? Yeah, no, I understand that part. I mean, that kind of sucks, but I mean. I think for me, I, I, I think I'd want to live with the dwarves. Like, I, I feel like they live a really cool life. Like, they seem, like, on TV, they seem like a ton of fun. And in the books, they seem like a, like a lot of fun. I mean, they still live about 300, 350 years. I mean, you get a whole, you know, basically three and a half lifespans for us, right? Yeah. And, you know, they're miners. And Galadriel says, like, they're the finest warriors in Middle-earth. Like, she said that they should be the, you know, like, they are the best race to be pitted against the orcs. So, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I, for me, I think I'd want to be the dwarves. I mean, Numenor would be cool, it, but I mean, those people in Numenor are kind of crazy. Like half of them worshiping like Sauron and Morgoth, like you guys are nuts. Is it okay to want to be like just a, you know, a hobbit? You know, I mean, just to chill out there. Nothing goes wrong. You get to do whatever no, you want. No, I think that nothing... that's probably the smart move. <laughs> right, you know? 
right? Like, I mean, I could, I could be wrong. Um, anyway, that is a little bit of the Dwarven Kingdoms. I am uh, very excited to see all of them. That, that'll be, that'll be a great, great time. Uh, and I, I really hope Amazon does a really good job of showing these like sacred places amongst the dwarves and, you know, showing them their cities like bustling, you know, people are mining, crafting, building, you know, trading and, you know, making like real relationships with the elves and the men and, and of the region would be really cool. So yeah, that's a little bit about the dwarf kingdoms. Uh, let us know in the comments or whatever, if you have any questions about that, happy to answer. I, I like talking about the dwarves and their kingdoms a lot because feel like Tolkien kind of left a lot of that up for your imagination. I think he went into like a huge deep dive into the elven cities. He went into a huge deep dive of um of the men and their cities. And I, you know, I, I'm not saying that he like kind of slighted the dwarves, but I don't think he went into as much detail uh, uh, on their yeah. cities and 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 whatnot. And to be honest, in all of his writings, what happens to the dwarves is really tragic. I mean, constantly dealing with dragons, constantly dealing with orc sieges, like constantly being like they're having to replace their homes, like literally getting their homes destroyed because they've amassed this insane wealth. And, you know, like Sauron wants to either kill them or dragons want to take their gold. Like, I'm not saying like other races aren't dealing with, you know, crazy stuff like that. But I mean, they, they get the, they get, they get screwed over. They, they mm-hmm. get real screwed over over time. So I think that that's one of the you know, real reasons that I really want to see uh, what their uh, what their life was like when stuff was going right. I don't know about you, Jacob. You know, I feel the same way. Absolutely. Okay, so here we go to the third part of the show here. Jacob, go ahead, read the, the full leaks from the Fellowship of the Fans. As always, I you know, I'm we cover a lot of their leaks on here. I mean, they're, they're the main accounts that are leaking things. They're always really accurate. Give them full credit. Again, we said this last week, full credit. What they do is awesome. They keep everybody extremely excited. Amazon should be freaking paying them money because they have hyped up the show beyond belief. Yeah. Where's their blue check Mark on Twitter? (laughs) Jeff Bezos probably told Twitter. Absolutely not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he probably was like yeah. dude like these people are literally like gonna tell like every scene from the show before anybody that is a good point that is a good um, point <laughs> i mean at some point they'll get they'll get it I, I apparently they they're they're doing some partnership or something like that i'm excited to see it but the people over there are doing some some honest work so i will say though you know once you start to get those partnerships they stop giving out scoops because then yeah they're, they're stop giving out scoops and they're gonna have to like be pro amazon pro the show i think that this, right. that's kind of what happened to the one ring.net i mean they were like the the best you know source for leaks or best source for information i still think like the key contributors that started the site in like 1999 or 2000 whatever it was are still there but they've kind of taken this weird turn where it's like they are full-blown like won't deal with anybody saying like anything negative about the show. And I think a lot of it has to do with like, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the race of a couple of the actors and actresses, I can understand like them trying to defend those people and whatnot, but yeah, I'm starting to go down the rabbit hole, but I feel fellowship of the fans is still as pure as it can get. Hopefully they don't deviate from that. Absolutely. So do you want me to read all of them at once and we pick which one to dive into or just read one at a time? Yeah. Just read the, the, the orc stuff that came out yesterday that we thought was really cool. Alrighty, so it says exclusive. Everyone seems to believe orcs are extinct and we're all destroyed in the first age. When Bronwyn's village finds out that orcs are back on the menu, boys, it's a pretty big shock. So that was the scoop there. Gotcha, gotcha. Keep going. Um, 
So then it says, just like in The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, there will be an important orc character with lines in a story arc. He is said to look incredibly similar to this orc from Lord of the Rings. Uh, we don't have the visuals, but uh, I mean, I get like, could you describe them? Uh, so sorry, sorry, describe what? So it says, just like in The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, there will be an important orc character with lines in a story arc. He is said to look incredibly similar to, the, to this orc from Lord of the Rings. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so it says uh, he will be one of Adar's commanders. And then the other exclusive, there are two different types of orcs. Some orcs will be much stronger and bigger than the second set who were smaller and acted as scouts. Uh, so that was th those were the scoops from uh, Fellowship of Fans. Yeah, so I think that this is really cool. Like the beginning of this, everyone seems to believe orcs are extinct and were all destroyed in the first age when Bronwyn's village finds out that orcs are back on the menu, boys. It's a pretty big shock. Yeah, so um, took a quick little break there. Uh, I think that's I think that's cool. I mean, I think a ton of people are obviously thinking like the war of the wrath. War of wrath happened like one age ago. I feel like all the orcs have been destroyed. I mean, the gods were literally here, uh, you know, like assailing Morgoth and and destroying thousands upon thousands of orcs. Like, and then boom, like there's a scene from the second age. Like, village gets sieged, right? Like, yeah that's pretty cool like like seeing that on screen like that like the like all the actors and act like everybody in the village's face is like oh my god like i've never seen an orc in my life mm -hmm. like what is going on like this is terrifying i'm you know being my village is being ransacked by orcs right and then you know like i said like like you said just like in the hobbit and lord of the rings there will be an important orc character with lines in a story arc absolutely like you have to have that whether or not tolkien said there was a there was a specific orc captain or general like in the second age like you got like there's obviously generals and organizers and you know chief you know ad, not advisors but like you know trusty orcs if you will sauron and, and his you know council right but that's cool like i like th these are all things that that should happen like you said there are two different types of orcs some orcs were much stronger and bigger than the second set of orcs who were smaller and acted as scouts that is in that is in Lord of the Rings already, right? Like yeah. you have the Urukai who are like man orcs, if you will, that are all like six two, six three, look huge. And then you have some orcs from like like uh Kazadum, which are more like like uh goblins, right? That are that are smaller, right. look a little different. Like absolutely, there should there's there's always been in like all of Tolkien's works, like like different types of orcs and goblins and whatnot. And Jacob and I kind of thought this was pretty neat last night. I mean, like a lot of the things that we're seeing are like, you know, controversial stuff for Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. And like, is this source material? Is this whatever? Is this that? Like, I think one thing that you can really do with the orcs and you kind of have some free reign and create, or, or sorry, one thing from the legendarium that you have some free reign and creativity over would definitely be the orcs, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I just hope they don't use it as a crutch, right? That, that, that they're just like the default thing that they use like it's just like oh we have orcs everyone knows what orcs are we're just going to use them all the time so i think they should still use them smartly but i think you know just seeing their introduction back to the population i think is the coolest part about it uh because like you said i mean people haven't even seen them they think they're gone then they come back that's a really intriguing storyline yeah no absolutely I, I i believe that um like <laughs> like orcs coming back on the scene in middle earth is like that that is going to be like a shock for everybody, right? Like, yeah. like I, I shock for everybody is in the characters in the show, like like the the, you know, the population Middle Earth, and you know, I, I don't think you could do it any other way than like like introduce them into the show, like 
by doing what orcs do, like plundering cities and and just killing, you know, the free folk, like that's yeah. how they should be introduced. Like, and I'm not saying like we we might see them scouting out the village and things like that from afar and whatnot. Like, like we could see that, but like their their real introduction will be that, and I think that's cool. And yeah, that, and what I, what I mainly meant, yeah, what I mainly meant before was like I, I said it like wrong. I, what I meant was. I don't want like orcs to be used and they're just easily beaten by the main characters. That's what I mean by them being a crutch as I think if they're going to be in it, they need to be really intimidating and actually legitimate, like a force that you're like, Oh, well, you know, we might not really stand a chance against them. That's what they kind of were in the trilogy. Um, so I, I hope they go back to that. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally, totally agree. And like, there should be like two classes of orcs, right? I mean, like, like they're a race, like every race has stronger and more capable soldiers than the other ones. Like that, this, it is what it is. And like, I think that's gonna be cool. And then like the last part of the leak was when some of the orcs were scouting out the village and the sun rose in the mm, morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their, their skins, you know, their skin started to burn. Um, that is absolutely something that I've ever wanted, that I've always wanted to see on TV. Like, like in in peter jackson's films like you know the urukai were able to move through the sun because saruman was was able to like basically enchant their blood and whatnot to be able to freely move you know within the sun and like in the orcs like 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 in the books and the second you know especially the the two towers the second book like some of the orcs from moria like like link up with some of the urukai and you know they're sitting there saying like no we need to haul ass back to to moria because the sun's coming up soon and we can't be out and the urukai sit there and say like no we're good like like we'll like we're gonna stay out in the sun like you can do whatever you want like leave us like whatever you know all mean and whatnot arguing um so i think that that like at that point in the legendarium like unless Sauron and Morgoth sent a huge whiff of clouds and shadows across the land so that the orcs can move freely. Like they couldn't move in the daylight. Like, like Sauron wasn't in like, you know, middle earth com completely screwing everybody over and creating these super orcs. Like he, you know, he wasn't there doing that yet. So I, uh, you know, I think that that's going to be something really cool to see. Like that's what the orcs were intended by, by, by Tolkien, like at the beginning of, you know, like first, second age years of the trees, like orcs were not able to move in the sunlight. Yeah, no, I think that's a really cool thing. And again, it's something we haven't seen. Um, and it takes them back to their roots. It takes it back to something that a lot of people aren't familiar with. So uh, really cool addition to the uh, to the show. Yeah, and I think it gives I think it gives like the like the hardcore fans and even the average fans like a little bit more hope as to like they're going to be like this. This show is going to be much more faithful to the lore than people think. Like if they get the orcs right and the villains right, you know what I mean? Like like that's going to be huge for the show because they could probably experiment and like get out of the lore and other places, but like that one, get it right. I think it'll make a lot of people happy. And like, from what I'm reading here, they're getting it right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, 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 you know, no, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't think we're going to see like a chief character, like, like Azog, if you will. Um, like, like, like somebody like that, like Azog in the Hobbit movies, was like, what, was like seven feet tall, massive orc, right? Like Bolg, his, his son, quote unquote, um, is, you know, like this, these, the super orcs. I don't know if we're going to see one of those, right? Like, I, I, I don't know if we're going to see one of those, but I'd, I'd be down for it. Like, I would love for, for the, why wouldn't you is the thing. Like you, you just should, it, it, it's something that would grab attention. Something that would be dope they're able to do it why wouldn't you yeah and you're gonna you, you like the the audience should kind of form some sort of like not attachment but like some sort of like attachment to 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 the orcs and whatnot and like 
like you know see their dialogue and see like you know what they're talking about amongst themselves and like what they think of sauron what they what they think of you know the elves and men and dwarves and like like what they're like they're all that some of them might have intel like this is what sauron's doing like he's deceiving everybody like the age of the orc is coming around like maybe we get these orcs that are like super excited for what's to come and they're eager to start participating in these battles and whatnot like that dynamic to wrap up my thoughts that dynamic i think is going to be really cool to see on screen uh we haven't seen too many leaks about the orcs but you know this is a really cool way to introduce them jacob but like if you want to wrap up your thoughts on this i'm ready to go on to the next one no yeah I, i'm ready to go on to the next one yeah for sure so the last part of the show here uh like last 15 minutes of the show 15 20 minutes we're going to be talking about Jacob pointed out some key differences. He started to watch the extended editions the other day. He pointed out some key differences in the fellowship of the ring. And he had a little bit of like, you know, added insight and he was texting me some things that I'll let him, you know, like kind of talk about. He was asking me some questions like, why did they cut this out? Why did they cut that out? So Jacob, I'll let you, you know, kind of run with this here uh, with your, your little podcast radio voice that you have, uh, <laughs> you know, get it going. No, man, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, you know, just the, uh, I, I looked up the differences because I like to know beforehand, like what to look out for, because it's such a long movie to begin with the original one that, you know, that, that you know, when you see them apart, what I really know what's new and what's not. So I, I, I did want to look up like, okay, what to expect? When is this new stuff going to come in? I especially and I've only watched the first hour and a half so far. So I still got to finish it. I haven't even so like I stopped right before the fellowship is formed, like right when they get to uh to rivendale so that that's like right when uh i get there so yeah no no gandalf had just talked to frodo that was like the last scene that i watched um but before that i like there was such a longer gap before mary and pippin get to sam and frodo which was interesting uh they saw the elves walking through the woods which i don't think was in the original one where i was like dude how do you cut that out like that's such a cool scene that they see the elves walking through the woods um, and then there's like that whole, I mean, it's like an added five, seven minutes, like in between Mary and Pippin in the original and then the extended. And there's so much more there. Uh, Cause like, from what I remember, it was like, they walked across the border of the Shire and then Mary and Pippin run through the bushes and they're there. Boom. But there was a full day in between that and uh, in, in the extended version. So that was like a really big difference that added a lot. I think what was also cool was uh, there was more with Bilbo. Like in the original, he doesn't really talk to Frodo before he leaves. Like he talks to him like on the stage, sure. not privately. I thought that was really important uh, for for the dynamic between them, um, because like it, it almost took it took Frodo way more by surprise in the move in the original movie than it did in the extended. Like he almost was like questioning it, and then the thing happened on the stage. He's like, "Oh crap! It actually happened!" So like completely changes his reaction entirely. So like little stuff like that. And then, man, I think there were, was there more with Gandalf and Saruman because it seemed longer to me. Yeah, no, there, there definitely was. Yeah. And there was a little scene in the, um, in the extended edition that I believe this is extended edition. I don't know, but I think that they expand on it more in the extended edition. Like Gandalf is riding into, into, you know, Isengard and you can hear Sar Saruman's voice. Like he, like he puts his voice inside Gandalf's head and he says like, the hour is late and Gandalf ride, rides to Saruman to seek his advice. And then so Gandalf, that is new. Okay. Yeah. And Gandalf says like, yes, that is exactly what I'm doing. And then you kind of see them walk around the gardens of, of Isengard before it gets literally plundered by Saruman. And he makes his little like mini Mordor over there. Like you get to see all that, which is cool. Um, 
Yeah, look, dude, I think there's a lot of like really key differences in the extended edition. And like, if you know, your journey into middle earth and like becoming like more and more of a fan like i think you're gonna end up being like one of those people like me who can't really watch these movies without seeing the extended editions right no like already was that already i feel that way yeah exactly like you watch like the first half of the fellowship of the ring you go oh my god there's so many things that like i get to see now from books that you know you didn't get to see like in the you know the theatrical cut the theatrical release right and that's only going to keep growing, dude. Like as the movie goes on, like there's a ton of things that, you know, like, like when, you know, when they get to Casa Doom, there's different talks that you get to see when they, when they leave Casa Doom and they get to the, to the Lothlorien, like there's different scenes in Lothlorien, like, you know, prior to them getting there and being stopped by the elves and whatnot, like Gimli is walking through Lothlorien. So, you know, he's kind of telling Pippin and Mary, like there is a evil sorceress that lives in these woods. Like, don't don't speak too loudly. Like, whatever. Like, you get to see all those things. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. cool. And like, look, I'm sure, I'm sure the the scene with the forming of the fellowship is extended too. I yeah, hope. Yeah, forming of the fellowship is extended. There's a little bit more conversation that you get to see, like in the Council of the Ring, which is cool. There's a scene that that Aragorn meets with Arwen, like at uh, like in the garden in Rivendell, like prior you know the night before Aragorn leaves, and Aragorn basically tells her like. I cannot take, you know, like, like leave with your people, like leave, like, don't stay with me. You don't need to stay with me. Leave with your people, leave this, leave middle earth. Like there's about to be a war torn land. Like, like we, I don't think we can win this one. Like it's going to take an insane deed. Don't get trapped in middle earth, leave, leave now. And he refuses, um, he refuses, uh, Arwen's necklace. Like the, uh, the, even the Evan star, the even star, yeah. he refuses it. And then Aragorn, it's, this is either before Aragorn's talk with Arwen or afterward, but Elrond ends up meeting Aragorn out in the garden to, at Aragorn's mother's grave, and Aragorn's cleaning it, getting some dirt off of it and whatnot. And Elrond comes out there and talks to him about his mother and wow. basically tells Aragorn, like, leave, let Arwen leave with her family. Let Arwen leave with me. Like, she's not staying Middle Earth. And originally, Aragorn's, I, so this is before it, before his conversation with Arwen, but uh, Aragorn gives a little bit of like, a little bit of pushback to Elrond, which is kind of cool to see on screen. He says, you know, like she stays because, you know, she has hope. Like, and then Elrond says, she's, he go he looks at him with these bold eyes. This might be, God, I, I might be talking about a different scene, but Elrond regardless goes and talks to Aragorn and says like, let her, yeah, yeah, let yeah. her leave. Right. And it's, it, you know, he talks about his mom and whatnot and it's cool. No, it's I'm really cool. To looking, seeing that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, there's and some... like, the, there's other things like uh, there's more time with Aragorn in the beginning there's a scene where Sam questions why they're trusting him. Um, that was like really key because it's almost like in the theatrical, they just follow him uh, with no questions asked. And then, you know, just that little question, it just expands, you know, how they're thinking at that time. So it, little piece of dialogue that they, I, I just don't know why, like it's such a short scene. Like, why would you cut that out? But uh, you know, I'm just grateful that we have the extended edition in general. Cause again, we have a choice to which one to watch now. Uh, so, you know, we can always watch these. Exactly. And like I said, the, the extended editions are only going to get even longer and they're only going to, you know, there's going to, there's only going to be more like as the, uh, as you watch the movies, like as you finish the first, the first movie, like you're going to see more. I think the extended edition, like the, the fellowship, of the ring is awesome. Like they do a really good job of that one. Um, I think that the, in terms of the fellowship, of the ring, I think that that, that movie out of all three stays like the most, um, 
the most to to the canon and the lore and i think mm. and i don't think lord of the rings that really from peter jackson deviates that much from the lore i mean the elves showing up in hell's deep in the two towers is probably like one of the biggest like like deviations from the lore um and i can kind of understand why he did that um and then i i will say this this isn't this, this isn't extended edition right but i will say one thing that kind of frustrated me a little bit but i completely understand why this was done so in the books, it's not Arwen who saves Frodo and, and comes out and rides out to them. Really? And, and, and grabs Frodo and goes on this like wild chase with the nine Nazgul riding right. behind her. It's actually Glorfindel, um, the elf, who is who who lived in the like in the years of the trees in the first age. He was a hero in the first age, and they they granted him a second life to come back. And he is, you know, one of the best, one of the best, if not the best mortal warrior in in uh, middle earth at the time and you know in the books originally glorfindel was actually going to go with with the fellowship uh, on the journey to um to to mordor to, to destroy the ring like he actually put himself forward like i'll do it and then you know like i'll let you read the books but there's a reason why he ended up not going um and, but i i think like i feel like in the in the movie they should have showed us glorfindel like i feel like glorfindel riding out like like in the books it was so sick like glorfindel comes comes out of the bushes and it's this this figure that's glowing like like he's glowing he's one of the the oldest and highest of elves like he's able to put himself in the shadow realm and take himself out like he has that ability that yeah. the elves of the first and the you know the very firstborn elves actually have uh i think we should have been able to see that character and i know that like me asking you opinion on this right now it's like a little different because you haven't read the books and whatnot but like what do you think like 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 do you let me ask you this question. Do you think Arwen coming out to save Frodo like was a is like a, a like a trademark of that movie? Like you think that that yeah. like established I mean, I, her I, character? Yeah, I mean I I had no idea it was even like that. So yeah, I mean like I I totally thought it was her. It it but it makes sense now that I think about it from a movie standpoint cuz you want to see like a cool thing with her using her powers and uh and it builds the romance angle too. So you know it's a movie thing. So like, I get it, but hearing what it was in the book, I mean, that's a dope character that like, why wouldn't they show that's a, he has a dope power too. So it's almost like, but again, it's just to set up the romance and it's a movie thing. So that I, I get it, but would have been cool to see that character. No, I agree. But I, I definitely, but like, I think you make a really good point. Like it builds, it builds Arwen's character in that, in that situation gives a little bit more to the, the relationship that she had with Aragorn. Like, yeah. you know like she comes out there and she's like telling him like you know like like we got to get frodo to you know to my father to elrond whatever, blah, blah, blah. like like i think that like that built her character up a lot and, and i and it made sense so again peter jackson just did a really good job with lord of the rings and you just need to keep watching the extended editions um there's some key things you know going on but yeah i mean like like another thing in the extended edition you got to see much more of bilbo's birthday party too um, that's what i'm saying yeah all those scenes at the shire like th that was all different um way more conversations uh that we saw you learn more about their culture uh that you never saw which was like wow um so yeah just i mean all around it's a better it's a better product yeah no absolutely and especially like like just for the lore and the information like it's it's a it's a better product to watch um and you know they're like this is the last thing i'll say for this conversation i think we'll wrap up this podcast for the week um something I would have loved to have seen on screen was there were so Bilbo actually invited some dwarves to his, uh, to, to his party in the books. Um, and there were some there from Erebor. See, or the you know, that would have been cooler. Cause it kind of would have connected it to the Hobbit. Right. Like he, like the dwarves revere Bilbo. They, you know, that he's almost like an honorary dwarf. I mean, like without Bilbo, they never re retake Erebor. Like 
all dwarves and like know who Bilbo is, right? So he invited some dwarves that ended up actually escorting him to Rivendell um, so that he didn't need to go on Dude. his own. Yeah, so he, so I think he ended up, like, I think the dwarves took him to Erebor one last time, and then they took him to Rivendell so that, you know, Bilbo didn't have to go alone. Like, Bilbo See, leaves in the movie. Yeah. So Bilbo leaves in the movie, and it's like, oh, my God, Bilbo's literally going to walk by himself to the Shire, like, through all of these lands, like... Without the ring. Not get lost, like... Yeah, no, that that made... No, dude, that, that I mean, it just continues the... I think if they had made the Hobbit movies first, they would have done that, because it would have just been a seamless connection from those, but... Because me and my dad and I, we were watching it together. We were looking for some recognition of of the Hobbit movies and that plot, and they did give that to us. I think even in the theatrical too. I don't think that was extended. If it was, then I'm glad it was. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think it would have been really cool to see the dwarves, like, like you know, you know, get to Bilbo's house and help him pack his things up and, and leave. And you know, like I, I thought that that was cool. Uh, you know, some of the dwarves like had a little bit of talking parts, you know, in, you know, in, in Bilbo's home, they, they arrived there and stayed there a night or two, like, like with Bilbo and, and, you know, visited which dwarves those were, we don't know, but which just would have been cool to see. Like, like you don't like, like now that you think, you know, once you watch Lord of the Rings, once you watch the Hobbit, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're trying to tell me that this Hobbit walked all the way to Erebor or, you know, walked to Rivendell and <laughs> like by himself, like yeah. he made it there. I think I'm going to question that a little bit, but you know, in the books, it's like, you know, he wasn't alone. Like he, like he went with some friends and, you know, people that, you know, owed him a favor, like, like the dwarves owe him many favors, but like, that was cool. Like, I, you know, those are some things, some omissions from the movie. I mean, the extended editions added in a ton, but like, you know, that would have been a cool, that would have been cool to me. Like, like, you know, yeah. like just to, you know, like you sit there, you go, that's sick. Like, you know, like Bilbo means so much to the dwarves that they would do this for him. That's, that's cool. Hey, you know what though? It's canon in the real lore. So, you know, in our Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's canon in the real lore. And you're right. Like we'll always have that. Like whether we ever get to see it on screen or not, who knows? Um, but we'll always we'll always have that. But I think that that finishes it on my end for me for this for this um podcast. Uh Jacob, I know we were talking about this week doing some deep dives into the movie. So I know you'll be finishing Fellowship of the Ring this week, the extended yep. edition. So I think on the next pod on Monday, we dive deep into the Fellowship of the Ring, the first movie, the extended edition, some omissions from the book and do like a deep dive into that. I think our next pod will be, will be, you know, more than uh, 45 minutes to an hour, a little bit more than that. And we'll dedicate, you know, a ton of talking time to the Fellowship of the Ring, a little deep dive into that. And that will mark our fourth show. Uh, Jacob, um, I appreciate this. And uh, when are you going to watch that uh, Fellowship of the Ring? When are you going to finish it up this week? Yeah, tonight I got a got a dash, but one of these nights, like one one hundred percent. I mean, definitely this week it's going to happen. So um, I'll find the time. Might even be able to fit in uh, two towers by the time uh, we get uh, back here next week. So um, well, it might possible. be smart for you to just 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 finish the Fellowship of the Ring this week. We do the deep dive into that, and then you watch the two towers the following week. Um, that might be you know, smart. That that makes that sense. I mean. Yeah, and uh, also I want to pimp out uh, Zach Weinberger and I are doing a Batman review pod tomorrow, Nerd Pod. Uh, we'll, we'll retweet that on our One Pod to Rule Them All account on Twitter. Um, but yeah, we're doing that. And then CJ and I are going to do uh, Strictly Sports on Wednesday, so that'll be a lot of fun too. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to start posting some more screen clips as well. I think that there's a lot of yep. really good talking points that we can like hype up the show. So Jacob and I are going to pick some screen clips from this, from this uh, podcast 
and uh, post them on the on the main Twitter. But for now, we'll just keep posting out some graphics and some little like Lord of the Rings information as the week goes on. We're definitely going to build out our page a bit more. We're really in the beginning stages, but uh, appreciate everyone's support. Don't know how many are are out there listening. I, you know, we get some you know decent listeners for the start of this, but like I said, by the uh, premiere of the Rings of Power, Jacob and I will be a full blown podcast by then. And you know, appreciate everybody's support. Absolutely, man. I feel the same way. Thank you to everyone who's listening so far, spreading the word, who's followed us already. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep this thing going. All right. Well, until next week, talk to you soon.